welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back for the sixth Sunday after Epiphany for the week of February 17th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get in this week's podcast, and I am excited that we are in this long Epiphany season and that we're getting readings that we don't even typically get. And there was even discussion this week on Working Preacher and how long it has been since we had this cluster of readings together, and it was possibly upwards to 14, 15 years. So I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. So before we get into it, we have to do our shameless plugs, and I'm going to have to shamelessly plug Working Preacher. If you have not checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, there is just a great resource to be able for the pastor or the layperson to be able to get some depth and additional information about these readings to prepare yourself for hearing them. And I really enjoy their Sermon Brainways podcast with Caroline Lewis, Ralph Jacobson, and Matt Skinner. I use that since I'm not an ordained minister every week to help prepare me to bring you this podcast. My second shameless plug is this Sunday, the 17th, is the return of God Friended Me on CBS. If you have not checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. There's a lot of good faith discussions that go on in that show to be able to bring out these unique things that maybe we're dealing with in a new way being in the 21st century. If you haven't checked it out, I'd highly recommend it. But before we get into this week's podcast, we have to have a response then the last week's Twitter question, which was a little personal. And what situation has God put you in that he has said, go, and is expecting a willing heart saying, here I am, Lord, send me and I'll do it. And I think all of us have these different times in our lives that we see that. And what that encourages, what that pushes us to do is to have a sense of change, that God is saying, I am here, I am ready, you are ready, and it's time for you to change something. And that change can be very, very difficult. And I think for me, that's where I'm going to take this week's readings, talking about the change that we all have. So, let's get into it. The gospel reading this week is out of Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. Now, Jesus then has his disciples. He has a large group of people from Judea, Jerusalem, the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And so, they're all coming and wanting to be healed. They're wanting to touch him. They're wanting to see him. And he comes out with this really unique passing of the guard, if you want to put it as such. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, reveal you, defame you on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in the day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, 
for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. That's 20 through 26. And you get this contrast of blessing and woe to each of these different parties. And I think there is some correlations with some things I can see in science that are maybe a little bit different than what you may be expecting. But we'll get back to that. Let's continue. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. And again, now we're having that the strength of the Lord is coming to us and that he provides the relief that we have. So in this example, they compare it to a shrub in the desert and waiting for the land to provide, waiting for that water to come so that they can get through this drought through this period and the testing of the heart at this point that the finding the heart and the true heart of God knows that it will come through and pushing through that time the psalm this week is psalm 1 and again we get this tree metaphor and I really enjoy this one talking about streams being planted by streams of water where the leaves do not wither and where the chaff of the wind drives away so that you have these elements of strong, difficult times along with elements of good times. Yet God is watching over all of this and is not just going to let someone just die. Which ties in beautifully to the second reading, which is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. And this is where Paul is re-emphasizing that without the death and resurrection of Christ, that there is nothing here. That it is through the resurrection that we have life. That death was overcome by Christ. And that is our goal and why the life of a Christian matters and why we are trying to proclaim this message. Because death was overcome and we no longer have to fear. And that it's because of this death that we are able to move forward. So, there's a lot here. There is a lot here. And I think there's a couple different things that I want to point out and bring out as I'm looking through and contemplating and looking at this. So, first and foremost, looking at trees, and then they are also talking about desert and shrubs. And so, for me, and I'll attach links down below. When I was in college, I started looking and studying a little bit about cactus. And the cool thing that when you look at the saguaro cactus, the one that we're very familiar with, when we think of the desert, especially here in the United States in the Southwest, you have these ribs on a cactus. And it's kind of the structure to the cactus and then depending on if it's gone through a rainy season or a drought season in between those ribs the flesh part of the cactus will either move in and out so thus you can kind of tell how that shrub or that cactus in this case is doing based on the amount of water that it has and so that will fill up with water quickly and then have to slowly use those and the thing I found interesting, not originally being from the Southwest, was when going down there the first time and seeing dead cactus, that it looks like a dead tree, that you have this framework of where the cactus used to be, just there, slowly withering away in the heat. 
And I think that's an interesting kind of way of looking at comparing when we're talking about water and these dry plants, where Jeremiah and the psalm here are actually comparing that the water then helps fulfill and helps that plant grow. And you can tell from how even desert ecosystem plants work that they are in constant water conservation mode. Slurp it up as fast as you possibly can, but conserve it because we don't know how long we're going to have this. And I think that's an interesting metaphor for the faith in and of itself that we have to make sure we keep bringing it to the water because we shouldn't be just cactus that we're trying to slurp up as much as we can and hold it for the extended period of time while we're not getting filled. And that can be very difficult. And that's where I also find it very interesting on a side fact is that the fruits that come from cactus are very delicious and very juicy fruit. So when we're thinking about this, if we're able to give it water, we might get more blossoms so that we get more fruit. And that's where the value of making sure that we're attending and giving it the water and giving it the nurture that it needs, trusting that God's going to be there in that whole process is huge. But I want to focus most of my time today on this gospel reading from Luke. And there's a couple things that I have that are examples that I thought of that I think can really help bring out this reading. So you're having all these people who are crowding around and wanting to be healed by Jesus. And how I read this list that I read earlier is Jesus is again shaking up the structure of what we have at that point had known society to be. And even if you thought about it now, it's shaking it up because he's saying that the poor, that they're really the part of the kingdom of God, that if you're hungry now, you will be filled. If you weep now, you will laugh. So it's this idea of because you're going through pain and suffering now, that there will be a bounty later. And yet then when he's comparing it to You who are rich have received your consolation. You who are full now, you will hunger. You who are laughing now will mourn. So these stark contrasts. So I kind of continued with the metaphor of what we talked about last week with the plants. And I thought about a young tree. If you think about a young tree, especially in a forest, it's very weak. They grow fast, extremely fast, especially here up in the north And they grow fast because they don't know how long that light's going to be there. So they need to get up into that area so that it can can continue to grow. So they have these quick beanstalks of trees, which then makes them extremely pliable. That they're able to take wind and able to take rain and take all these different storms and they can shake and move around. But the older they get, the thicker they get, the more rigid they become. We think about, for me, being in the hardwoods area, the mighty oak and how strong the oak is and how big they can get. But it's amazing after big storms, if you're in areas with oak, how often you will find that there is work to do, that it's either lost a branch, a major part of the tree, or it just fell over. It wasn't able to take the battering, the wind, the whatever 
was going on. And so now it had opened up a new opportunity for a young tree. And I think that's kind of where I can take some of this reading. Is that when we think about this, Jesus is talking about us being flexible. Us being in this growth mindset that just because you're going through pain now does not mean this is the way that it's always going to be. And with having that happen, that might upset people. That the trees that are limber, that are able to bend, the trees that are willing to adjust, even if it's something new, are going to survive. Whereas the trees that are rigid, that are look at themselves as mighty trees, the ones who are obviously been fed, obviously had the time of growth, will fall. I spent some time in one of my favorite summers, shout outs to St. Croix State Park in Minnesota, and shout out to my cousin Caleb. That was an amazing summer we got to work together in 2012. But the year before that, this park that had been known for forest had had a major, major windstorm. Hinkley, Minnesota is about 20 miles away, and it registered winds over 80 miles an hour. And so they have no idea at the park how fast those winds got. It could have easily been 100 to 120 miles an hour. And I distinctly remember there were sections of that park that about maybe 30, 35 feet up, it looked like somebody had dropped a buzzsaw and just chopped all the tops of the trees at that level off. I just imagine some like chop saw that you would have in a, a wood shop that the blade had come off and just chopped all these trees at that level. And it was going to majorly change that park forever. You suddenly didn't have these huge forests. There were still pockets of it, but a lot of it had opened up. A lot of it was going to change. And there was a lot of people kind of lamenting that idea. When I got there, it was eerie. It was the year after it. You had a lot of the collection had happened, but there was still much work to be done. There were parts that did feel alien, just because you don't typically see that. But in all that, there was a lot of blessings and things that just happened to work out the right way. For instance, that storm came over the July 4th Independence Day weekend. And Typically, when that storm rolled in about 6 p.m., there would have been hundreds of people in that park planning on a 4th of July weekend. The reason there wasn't was there was a Minnesota state shutdown, and I remember being and working that summer and being upset because I knew that that was costing the parks thousands of dollars. That's their big holiday in the north for being able to help sustain budgets. But with the government shutdown and then the storm rolling through, it saved lives. It saved tons of lives. People probably being trapped in and not being able to get out and having to try to figure out how you were going to evacuate these people. It would have been probably a national catastrophe. God working through an unfortunate situation to be able to provide this. And I look at it now and look at how that park is evolving. 
they're trying to change some things. They're trying to bring things back to maybe pre-settlement and what that forest would have looked like. Looking at and being able to take some of the suggestions of different things that people had wanted in the park, and because you're suddenly at a fresh slate, it didn't feel as big of a Herculean task to do. Did it change the park? Yes. Did it change what it looked like and how it felt? Yes. But is change necessarily bad? We can get accustomed to being this mighty oak, that this is the way that it's been, and this is the way that it should be, and things are great. But it's often, in my opinion, the longer that we do something, the more we're overlooking flaws, overlooking things that possibly could hurt it. Now, granted, there are traditions and things that are great that we've been doing for a long time, but I'm saying that there is still plenty of things, even these big-held ideas, that we have to be willing to challenge, have to be willing to think, is there new and creative ways that doing something similar that's going to bring something more out of this text, bring something more out of this activity? Are we being flexible enough to survive a storm? Just because we've done something the same way for years does not mean that's the best way forward now. It's difficult to have change. It's difficult to try looking at something with fresh set of eyes after being there for a while. But that's what the dreamers, that's what the thinkers, that's where innovation starts, is coming at it, being willing to think about things in a new creative way. That's how your new forest starts. That's how a tree is able to grow. Jesus has called all of us, as we talked about last week, to doing something. And us being willing and able to say go and that, yes, I will do this. But that might mean that we're changing things. That might mean that we're suddenly put in situations that we're uncomfortable with. We might be hated. People might laugh at us. People might think you're nuts at doing what you're doing. But if you're doing it with God because he's called you to it, you won't fail like that. We overlook that so much. So the Twitter question of the week is, are you being flexible enough? Are you being flexible enough? And if you want to tie that back into how Jesus is looking at the poor and inheriting the kingdom of God, if you're wanting to look at that just from a pure perspective of a project you're working on, great. Are you being flexible enough? Because I think where we're at right now within the kingdom of God, at least here in the West, in the United States, I think there's room for growth. I think there is room that all of us could learn from each other. And I think there's a lot of room where all of us can say there's things that we need to look at changing and being okay with that. And that's hard, but that's also making sure that we don't become too mighty to fail. So. We'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.